0: Well, fuck. Here we go. Let's fucking do this. (sighs) Hello there. Welcome to episode 13 of the Mixtape Podcast, the podcast dedicated to deconstructing film from a screenplay writer's perspective. I'm your host. As usual, my name is Marcelo Inestroza, joined as always by my fellow. Co host and fellow screenplay writer Dean Stark. And on today's season one finale of our show, we are going to discuss the 2003 film 13, directed by Catherine Hardwick. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. I think I got it right. got it. And if you guys, as we've been doing for most of the season, my fellow co host here, Dean, is basically going to take us through a scene by scene breakdown
1: of this
0: film. So, Dean, are you, are you ready?
1: You know, there are a lot of movies where, when you watch it just for entertainment purposes, you know, it's great. But then when you put your screenwriter hat on and you look further into it and you start to unpack it, it's actually, you actually see the flaws within the story, within the characters. And that has happened actually a lot on this podcast where we've watched movies previously and gone, oh, they're great. But then when we watch it with a screenwriter's hat on, we're like, oh, it's actually crap. Then there are those movies that you watch for entertainment purposes and then you watch it with a screenwriter's hat on and it makes it even better. This is one of those movies where watching it from our perspective actually explores and opens up the story even more than when you're just watching it for entertainment purposes. That is how good this movie is. It is, like Marcelo said, directed by Catherine Hardwick. If you know the name, she also directed Twilight. This is an indie movie, if there was ever an indie movie. It is extremely low budget. It was written by Catherine Hardwick and Nikki Reed. Nikki Reed is actually in the movie. And the movie is loosely based on Nikki Reed's um, life when she was 13, like 12, 13. Um, and – If you know the name Nikki Reed, Nikki Reed played uh, Rosalie in all the Twilight movies. It also, this movie also stars Evan Rachel Wood. And if you don't know her or if you know the name but you don't know where she's from, she uh, is in a show called Westworld. And if you're a true Blood fan, she was actually actually played the queen of the vampires in Louisiana, um, which is my favorite thing that she's ever played. So... Yeah, this movie, 13, is um, crazy, but, like, yeah, let's get into it. So a 13-year-old girl's relationship with her mother is put to the test as she discovers drugs, sex, and petty crime in the company of her her cool but troubled new friend. So um, this movie actually also stars Vanessa Hudgens. Very, very, very little, young, first-ever role, Vanessa Hudgens, which is, you know, kind of funny wait a minute who is she vanessa hudgens she's a high school musical she was the one with uh no
0: yeah yeah i yeah yeah i yeah i know who oh vanessa in the Huggins, movie is, but who is she
1: in the... oh in the movie she was yeah. she was um Evan rachel woods best friend
0: okay before she uh, uh before she broke back yeah yeah
1: yeah 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 okay right. um so the opening scene is quite interesting um, editing choice by, by Catherine Hardwick. It is just a close-up of Evan Rachel Wood's face. And let me tell you, before I get into it, Evan Rachel Wood and Nikki Reed were both 14 when they shot this movie. And the content in this movie is so full-on that I don't even know how they managed to do it, to, to just to get through all of that, at 14. Because usually in movies they cast older to play younger um, always. So it's it's never normally like, oh, there's a 13-year-old. Um, let's just cast a 13-year-old. Usually they're like fucking way older. They just look young. But this, they're both 14 years old. So the opening scene is Evan Rachel Wood's face and it's got this like hardcore, like alternative music. And she's smiling and you don't see who she's sitting opposite and she's like hit me hit me oh my god I can't feel anything hit me and you're like what <laughs> you don't fucking know what's going on and then you sort of have a wide, and she's laughing and you're like why is she telling the person to hit her?" and then you have a wide shot and Nikki Reed's character who's Evie is sitting opposite her and she slaps her and then Everreach was like do it again I can't feel anything and um, Evie is is um inhaling something it's like I don't know, I don't know what it is, like paint fumes or something. I don't know. So they're high as fuck. And you're just like, uh okay. And then they both start slapping each other and she's like, no, punch me, punch me. I want to feel the punch me, punch me. So they both start like punching each other until Evie sort of punches her out and she's like, like, like got got blood everywhere, and then that's it that's the opening scene and then the next scene it's like 4 months earlier so that so now we get to see the lead up to that scene but that scene is so telling because if 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 the movie had opened on the next scene which i'm about to describe it would not have shown what the movie is about this scene encompasses every single thing that this movie is going to be. So the editing choice by Catherine Hardwick um, was spectacular in my mind. Um, Any thoughts on the opening scene?
0: Yeah, I really, really love the opening scene because, like you said, the opening scene sets the tone for the rest of the movie. There's a couple of things that I loved about this opening scene. First of all, Evan Rachel Wood's performance and her facial tics and her mannerisms was so so good also the thing that i loved about this uh, about this opening scene was the music the film grain the way that it was shot and just the overall fuck it mentality that came through the directing it was just so as a viewer it said it said look you you're going to you 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 you're going to fucking sit down and you're going to watch this for however long we watch this and you're not going to be, and you're not going to fucking move and you are going to be riveted. And I got all those feelings in one goddamn opening scene. So I was like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm in for a fucking ride here. And I just loved it.
1: Yeah, the opening scene just sets the tone perfectly for the movie. So um, the first official scene of the movie is four months earlier and you see Evan Rachel Wood, who's, whose name is Tracy in the movie, she's um, walking her dog with Vanessa Hudgens and she's very geeky. She's got her hair tied up in like a bun and she's wearing like a, a shirt that's got like flowers, just, just very, very geeky. And her mum is actually played by Holly Hunter, which is a brilliant, brilliant actress. And... Um, she, she drops them off at school and yeah, you know, they're not popular at all. And the way that Catherine shows this is there's people bumping into them, you know, like, oh, like, I'm sorry, you know, like on accidentally fucking on purpose. And, you know, they kind of don't do anything they're you know, they're meek and they're just like, oh, trying to kind of trying to navigate their way through the high school experience. So, you know, okay, they're not popular. Then they don't have friends. They're just kind of just friends with each other. And then we get the introduction of Evie. Who's played by Nikki Reed? Evie is the cool girl. Evie is the sexy girl. Um, Evie is the girl that all the guys like want to bang, basically. But she's fourteen. Let's just let's just remember if you watch this movie. She is 14. What I love about this high school scene is the 90s clothing. The low-rise jeans, the studded belts, mm-hmm. you know, the tops where oh, the, yeah. the the belly button is showing. I mean, the 90s clothing in this movie is just like fuck it off the chart. I just I loved that. Um so a fun fact, I know this is not trivia, but I'm gonna say it anyway. So I said that this movie was loosely based on Nikki Reed's life. You might find this fascinating. You might think that. Nikki's character, Evie, is, was based on her, but actually it's Tracy, Tracy's character that's actually Nikki Reed in real life. So when Nikki Reed was cast for the role, she was kind of going for Tracy's role because that was her experience, was Tracy's experience. But then she read for the role of Evie um, and she got that role. So it's kind of opposite. And I was like, "Oh, she was really Tracy." Anyway, so that was kind of like freaked me out. Anyway, yeah, yeah, '90s clothing, um, and they don't know each other yet. So in the opening scene, obviously they know each other. This is four months before, but they don't, they don't, they kind of don't know each other um, yet. Any thoughts on that lovely '90s high school scene?
0: Yeah, the 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 '90s aesthetic from. The genes, the way that these kids interact with one another, the way they push each other, the way they speak to each other, and the way the film is directed, it's got this dreamlike documentary documentarian scene to it that I really, really love that Catherine chose. Because in some movies, when you do that documentary you know, you know, fast-cutting uh, sort of style, it can get really, really annoying, and it can it can uh, hurt the material that it's that it's trying to drive home. But I thought that directorial choice by Catherine in this movie spe- specifically worked because you feel like fly on the wall during this whole movie. You feel like someone who doesn't, who who shouldn't be watching this, but you are there. Mm-hmm. And you're just terrified uh, um, the whole time that you're watching it.
1: Yeah, I think the directing is just like amazing in this movie. Um, So the next scene is we go back to um, Evan Rachel Wood's house, um, and you get to see the dynamic between her and her mom. So her mom's a hairdresser, and she does the hairdressing out of the house, and she's kind of asking for... You know, Tracy, who's Evan Rachel. I'm just I, – I don't want to say Evan Rachel Wood all the time because it's going to annoy the shit out of me. So I'll just say Tracy because that's the character's name. So she's asking Tracy, you know, for her help, and Tracy's coming in and helping her. And so you, you they've got that closeness, the mother-daughter closeness. There's no fighting. There's no bickering or anything, so you get to see that. And then it's mentioned um about Tracy's father who's absent, who basically doesn't really give a shit. Um, and the mother – the mother's i found this really interesting the mother's trying to make excuses like you know oh he didn't pay child support because he's got a new job because you know and you kind of you kind of it's the tip of the iceberg because most of the characters in this movie actually, like, have really, really deep backstories, including the mother, which you wouldn't think because it's not about the mother. But, you know, she's making excuses for him and you're just like, oh, okay, and that kind of escalates later on in the mum's backstory, which is why this movie is so fucking deep. But anyway, I like how that's set up. The mother-daughter relationship is set up. The absent father is set up.
0: No, I, you know, you know, I really like that scene because, like you said, there's so much history between Tracy and uh, her mother That isn't explicitly said, but just a couple moments of watching their interactions. You really get to understand that both of these people being Tracy and her mother are broken and they are they are, you know, uh, shoving down feelings of love, loss and regret. And all this stuff is going to come bubbling up to bubbling up to the surface in this film, and I just love the way that as a screenplay writer, I love the way that uh Nikki chose to do that. Oh, I really love the subtle hints to what is going to happen.
1: So the next scene we're at school and Tracy's Tracy's just minding her own business, and then the cool girl walks past her and looks at her socks and starts making fun of her socks. Oh my god, where'd you get those socks from? Oh my god, those socks. And her socks are just So, I mean, they're not cool, so they're just fucking socks, right? And so, you know, it's it cuts to, you know, Tracy's at home and she's she's throwing her socks in the bin and then she's throwing all she's got toys on her bed, she's throwing everything that is her. Um, that may, you know, again, she's only 13, right? Um, she's throwing in the bin and her mum comes in. And her mom's like, "What the? What are you doing?" She goes, "No, I need new clothes. I need new clothes now." And and I don't like these socks, and I don't like this, and I'm throwing all my toys out. And the mom's kind of like, "Where did? Where the fuck did?" Okay, but I liked the scene, the school scene, because it just goes to show, and this is so true. Peer pressure is such a huge fucking thing. That one person that is decreed, you know, the cool person. If they say, "Oh, I don't like this," then you know, you do go home and you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to wear this because they said, you know, it's high school. I don't care what anybody said. High school is rough. High school is way rougher than like when you get out of it in real life because a lot of people in real life, like, yes, there are some fucktards, but high school is just like fucking brutal. And this is the start of the arc of, of Tracy from being an innocent 13 year old to, all her insecurities starting to come up of, I need to fit in. If I don't fit in, I'm an outcast. If I'm an outcast, I'm not going to have any friends. If I don't have any friends, I'm a loser. If I'm a loser, what's the point? I don't want to live anymore kind of thing. Like that's, that's literally like, that sounds dramatic, but that's literally like, the steps that she takes, of all her insecurities, start coming just by that one fucking comment. Just by that one comment of "Oh, look at your socks. Your socks are so stupid." It's just it's a, it's the triggering event to everything that's going to happen in the movie. What say you?
0: Tracy is an individual who is a child, and she she just wants. She just wants a place to belong and she just wants to be loved because of the incidents that happened in her family. And I'm just really, really upset that Tracy basically saw the, you know, you know the, the, um, you know, the, the queen bitch that ruled the school, right? And not one of her friends was strong enough. To tell her this is not a good idea you you should not do this, right, so as much as I really liked the start of this film, I really would have liked her friends that she had at the beginning of the movie, maybe it would have been a scene or two to see them sort of say, Tracy, this isn't a good idea, and then you could have Tracy do what she does to set to set her on her arc for the entire film, but I thought that as a as a writer I needed that one moment from the friends that she had before she went downhill to say this is not a good idea. I because because I felt that nobody told her this is not a good idea. Nobody told her you need to you need to think about this first before you before you do this. But she is 13 years old and when I was 13 years old I didn't fucking think about shit. Yeah. And I didn't listen to anybody. So with that being said I understand why the writer did what she did, but as a as a as a screenplay writer, I would have given, Tra- I would have given Tracy that one rope to to warn her: if you do this, you you could go down a path that you may not come back from.
1: Yeah, I would have. I wouldn't have written that in just because warn another thirteen year old. <laughs> like maybe you shouldn't do this. It's not in the mentality. They're still 12 like 12 and 13. It's like, it, it there's no. it would, it would not have been, um, authentic to me if a 13 year old going, maybe you shouldn't do this. This, this looks bad. No, I mean, you could see her friend, Vanessa Hudgens was very meek, was very much a 13 year old nerdy, just kept to herself. And do you know, like, yeah, I mean, I can't, I couldn't see myself saying that to my friend when I was 13. Maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe your brain doesn't work like that. From my perspective, that's an adult thing to say. That I mean, even a 16-year-old, 17-year-old maybe wouldn't say that, depending on how developed they are. But, yeah, I just don't think it would have been authentic because that's not really how 13-year-olds think. But that's just me. So the next scene is... Um, she's had a fit about, I need new clothes. My clothes are all shit. So her mom and her, um, stop a van that sells clothes and they're buying clothes out of the van. So you can see that they're poor. They don't go to a shop. They go to like a, uh, like a seedy van and they're buying jeans and tops and all that. Um, and I like that scene because it shows, Hey, they live in a house, but Hey, they're still like poor as shit. So the next scene is, um, Tracy's at school. She's got her new clothes on and she bumps into Evie, which is Nikki Reed's character. And Evie kind of looks at her up and down. She's got her new, you know, Tracy's got her new clothes on. She's not wearing like flowers and everything. She's kind of got the cool girl clothes on. and She looks her up and down and she says, we can hang out after school. Um, We can hang out on Melrose. Call me. And like Tracy's just like, uh, okay, and I love this bit. I love this bit so much. She goes, she grabs mm-hmm. a wad of paper out of her pocket and a pen and says, write down your number. And I, that just fucking transported me back to the 90s. <laughs> yes. I was like, yes, I remember. Yes. I remember that when you didn't have a phone and you used to carry like or you could just remember it, but my memory is fucking shit and I can't remember anything. So, yeah, I used yeah, to carry, wonderful. yeah, like a pen and a piece of paper and you're like, oh, write your number down. Or you just write it down on someone's arm or something, so that's kind of more yeah. the thing. But I was just like, oh, that's so nice. Like the clothes is one thing, but when she pulled out that wad of paper, I was like, oh, my God. Uh,
0: I love uh, Tracy's reaction once, you know, once, you know, she gets a number and basically – you know, um uh what's this girl's name again the the name of the girl Evie um, uh Evie yeah, so so I love uh I love uh Tracy's reaction once Evie walks away the 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 act of elation by mm-hmm. Tracy is magnificent. Yeah. It's just glorious to see that so so this scene just was so many happy triggers
1: everywhere yeah she's super happy she's so she does like a little happy dance she's like oh my god the cool girl wants to hang out with me so she gets home and she dials the number and you can hear the service operator on the other side of the phone saying the number you are calling is out of service and right there just right there in that little scene it's like oh she's given her the wrong number on purpose and you can see you can you're like okay evie's a bit of a bitch (laughs) Like, like, and then you but why would she give her the wrong, is she trying to fuck with her? Like, who you knows? Think? Yeah. But you don't know that until Your that bitch happens. a queen bitch. Hey, we, we're going to get into the bitchiness of Evie. Um, so anyway. All right. Um, she out of service and then she kind of gets really pissed off and she's like, oh, fuck it. So she jumps on a bus and goes to downtown LA. Um, and she's on Melrose, which is where Evie said that she would be. And she kind of goes into some stores and she goes into one fashion store on Melrose And she sees Evie with her friend. And she walks – and this scene always bugs me. It it bugs me because I get really um, anxious because it's so embarrassing. (laughs) Because obviously Evie does not want to hang out with her. But it's like she wants to hang out with Evie so bad that she's willing to like – get on a bus, go to somewhere she's never been by herself before. Like at 13, going to downtown LA, that's a big fucking thing. Um, You know, going. she's searching in all these stores and then she finds Evie. Like it's just – it's embarrassing because you're like, oh, no, honey, no. She doesn't – (laughs) okay. But she wants a friend and she wants to be friends with the cool kids so fucking badly that anyway, she does it. So she sees Evie in the fashion store. And she's like, oh, I, I tried calling you, but, you know, like I was coming here anyway. So, you know, and you're like, oh, my God. And, like, the anxiety, like, picks up again because you know that that's a fucking lie. And Evie kind of looks at Tracy and goes, oh, my phone didn't ring. And then she's, like, laughing. You're like, bitch, you're a bitch. <laughs> you're a bitch. But but Tracy doesn't realize this yet. That's the thing. We realize it. But Tracy yeah. so yeah. wants a friend that she's just like willing to push all these red flags and Evie's one big fucking red flag, paint her red. She's a fucking red flag, but she just wants to be friends with the cool kids so badly.
0: You know, at that point when, you know, you know, when, um, when Evie said, Oh, you know, I must've gave you the wrong number. I was like, you know, you know, Tracy, if you don't wind up and fucking hit this bitch across the face right now, I'm going to turn the fucking movie off, but she didn't hit her. And it's understandable because Tracy is so broken from her home life that she, like I just said, she needs the love that she, she perceives that she didn't get because of issues with her mother and her real father, which we'll get to. But all of this, all all, all of this behavior is, is built on on uh, on Tracy's home life that we haven't even opened up yet but I will say something about um Evie Evie is a fucking first class bitch and in she is someone who enables individuals yes on the yes. surface you yes on the yeah, on the surface at first you're like she fucking has no soul. This, this doesn't, I, as a screenplay writer, this doesn't make sense because she just does shit. But as her, as Tracy and her, as Tracy and, um, and Evie and Evie's relationship is, is, you know, shown throughout the film. Uh, the writer does a really, really good job of giving us small little hints that Evie in herself, in her soul, is broken too. So mm-hmm. it's really it's really a catch it's really a catchway too when you think about it. It's like which one of these two children are fucked up the most?
1: Yeah, yeah. And we, we do get that. We get Evie's backstory and we do find out why she is the way that she is. So like yeah so um in that mm-hmm. scene um so Evie starts so Evie's like um sorry no Tracy goes oh I only bought 10 bucks and Evie starts living and you know, friends fucking start laughing at her and they start putting stuff in their purses they start stealing clothes and Tracy's like yeah no so she waits outside cuz she just does not want to do that and as she's waiting outside a woman sits next to her on the bench and the woman's distracted she's on her phone and she puts her purse next to her and Tracy goes into her purse and steals her wallet and runs across the street To where Evie is and says, you know, look what I just stole, look what I just stole. And she opens it up and there's like so much money in there. And Evie and her like little fucking minion friend are like, oh my God. And so, you know, they're going shopping, they're going to like sketches, which is so fucking 90s.
0: There's so many touchdowns in here that you and I love and adore. So just sorry, I'm just gonna say sketchers. Oh. Right after my oh, no
1: oh, no sketches, um so yeah they they and and you know um Tracy's like, oh my God, I'm in I'm in, so because she stole the money stole the wallet has the money, and now Evie kind of likes her now uh, there's so many insecurities going on here um so anyway, after that scene, um we' we're, we're back at the house, and you know her her mum's cooking in the kitchen, and she's like, wait, why are you cooking you only cook when um and then she, Tracy starts getting the shits and you're like, why is she getting the shits? And then there's a knock at the door and her mum's boyfriend is there and Tracy fucking hates this guy. But we don't know why she hates this guy yet. But she just she just says to her mum, you, you said you weren't going to do this again. Um, you, you, you promised us. You promised us. Um, and, again, with the mum's backstory, you can see where Tracy gets the the issues from because her mum, her mum does the same shit that Tracy does just in a different way, wants to be loved, wants to have someone, wants to be accepted. It's the same shit. It's like a fucking cycle. So, and it's funny because when you're in those insecurities, you can't see anything else. So Tracy being her 13 year old daughter, and she's got a brother who's I think like 15, 16. We don't really see a lot of him. Um, Tracy being 13 years, years old, she's saying to her mom, you said you weren't going to do this, right? So obviously her mum has disregarded the fact that her 13-year-old child does not like this guy at all and we, we will find out why she doesn't like him. Um, she's disregarded that and gone, you know what, fuck it, this guy makes me feel like I'm worthy, I'm gonna have him in my house, which is so fucked, Mm -hmm. it is so fucked to do that but it just, again, it adds another layer to the mum's issues, backstory and insecurities and it shows why Tracy is the way that she is
0: Okay this was the scene where as as an individual who who ha, who has felt in my life that nobody gives a shit about me that nobody really cares, this scene really really triggered me because Tracy's like like you just said uh, the the psychological issues that Tracy is is exhibiting are the same psychological issues that her mom has. But her mom doesn't understand or she can't see that her daughter is drowning in a glass of fucking water. And the only thing that Tracy needed was someone to catch her and someone to listen to her just for a moment. But nobody, nobody in this film ever does that. Every, Every character in this film is out for me, myself and I. And I just love that decision by the writer of this film. also, the great thing that the writer of this film does is that she presents these character flaws, but she doesn't she doesn't give away the whole story right from the start. She lays hats on the ground as we go along to hint that something is coming and as the as as the movie goes along. Things start to make sense. So from a structural standpoint, this script is covering all its fucking bases. And it is so well written from the perspective of a young girl who is supposed to be 13. It just works because you have to put yourself in the mind of these 13-year-old girls. You can't watch this movie as a a 34-year-old man like I am. Now, when you're watching this movie, you've got to put yourself in the shoes of the characters. If you don't do that, this film is not going to work.
1: Okay, so the next scene is interesting to me um, because Tracy's mom drops her and Evie off on, on Melrose so they can go shopping and it's funny because they're in the car and she goes oh maybe we can go here and go there and I'm like oh no 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 and Tracy's like no mom it's just me and Evie like you can just like tr- pick us up in an hour and the mom is like devastated and I'm like what why do you like obviously if she's with yeah. her friend she doesn't want her mom coming along and I just thought like her mom and it's just it just like adds another layer of her mom is so fucking like oblivious Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, but the other, thing, the, the other thing that I love about the way that uh, Holly Hunter plays this role is because of her baggage, which we haven't got to yet, which is great screenplay writing, because it's, antici- it's anticipation, it's anticipation. But if you're paying attention, you could pretty much guess what the hell it is by now. But the other great character thing that, you know Tracy's mom has is her mo- um, Tracy's mom doesn't have a fucking spine. Tracy belittles her mom to the point of breaking and even past that. And the fact that her mom didn't stand up for her once in this film until the last pivotal scene, which is heartbreaking and is the best scene in the goddamn movie. But the fact that the fact that uh, the writer of this movie built Tracy's mom without a spine is just great because that was another device to lead. Tracy down her path.
1: Yeah, exactly. The writing of Holly Hunter's character is like, it's just as good as the writing of like Evie, Evie's character arc and, uh, no, not arc, she doesn't really have an arc, and uh, Tracy's character arc. Um, But it's funny because, Holly Hunter's character's like, oh, um, I have to call your mom to tell you to tell her like where you are, and blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I hate it when parents do that. Fuck, that's an oh, I gotta call your mom. It's like, oh, shut the fuck I don't know. It just annoys the shit out of me. It's like, just let them go. Let no, them don't. go have fun for an hour. No. no. Um, anyway, and she's like, no. oh, okay, Evie's writes a number down. She goes, Oh, Brooke, she's my guardian, she's not my mom, my mom and dad are not in the picture anymore. And it's like, oh my god. And then she gets on the phone and she's calling Brooke, and I'm like, oh. Just leave them fucking bi- – why? Oh, fucking – I don't know. I'm not a parent. Maybe it's different if you're a parent. Um, but but the next scene is funny. Hold on. Hold that thought. The next thing is funny because Holly Hunter's character walks into the fashion store where Evie and Tracy are kind of trying on clothes. And she's like, oh, Evie, you know, you're not allowed your, – your guardian says you're not allowed to be in Melrose without supervision. And Evie's like, well, you're here now. And Holly Hunter's like, yep. And I'm like, oh, imagine a mum being there. With you, you and your friend when you're 13. Oh my God, fuck. Oh my off. God, fuck off. Why do you have? Why do mums have to call other mums just to make sure about this? Listen, if you're a parent and you don't know where your kid is, it's not. I'm going to sound like a total dick. It's not my problem to be no. calling around people's parents. Oh, she's with me. Blah 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 blah. Like no, no, no. I mean, look, this no. is before mobile phones. No. I get that, but I don't know. That scene always shat me. It's like, oh, just let them play for an hour. You're going to drop her at home in an hour anyway. Like, does it matter? Mm-hmm.
0: No, 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 Tracy's mom is, you know, is the, is the, you know, case study for a fucking helicopter mom. It's these, these types of moms that create really insecure adults when they grow up and, you know, when they grow up and make mistakes of their own. So that scene like you, that scene really, really just really, really fucking distressed me and really pissed me off. The fact that The fact that Holly, that Holly Hunter's character couldn't trust her daughter for even one fucking hour was like, are you fucking being serious right now? And you're surprised what's going to happen later on. Well, 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 you almost deserve this. Okay, well, she did. Well, she didn't deserve that, but she brought it. What what is going to happen to her daughter in this film in a way she brought it on
1: herself? Yeah. And yeah, she's daughter. not the best model for a a, a healthy, you know, mm-hmm. mother. Um, so the no, next scene not. we're at uh we're at Tracy's house and she's sitting outside with Evie and some other kind of like cool kids, and I'm doing that in air quotes cool kids. Um and Vanessa Hudgens' character walks up, you know, because she just lives across the road and Tracy's kind of like embarrassed like oh no not her even though this was her this is her friend but she's not cool enough to be in the group like I don't want to be your friend anymore because you know you're you're not cool enough and she kind of gives her the cold shoulder which is kind of I mean yeah it's just it's unfortunate that people that have a need and an insecurity to do something or be somewhere or be someone will literally step over anybody and everybody to achieve that. Even people that have been by their side their entire life. And a lot of people do do that, even like adults. And I just find that so sad. I just find that so sad. Anything to say about that?
0: No. Well, yeah, I, you know, I I do agree with you. It's really, really sad. And, um, as as, as an individual who, who for a large point of my life have, have wanted to belong somewhere, I really identified with Tracy because I've been in multiple situations in my life where I, I went through hella high water because I wanted to be seen and I wanted to be a part of something. But you know what? When I was there and when I got what I wanted, it wasn't as satisfying that scene just just broke me because i'm like girl you don't need this you need to learn to stand up on
1: your own two fucking feet i never wanted to be a part of their clique i was like no no i was more happy just doing my own thing um i never wanted to be popular i never wanted to hang out with people i never wanted to hang out with it was not something that i strived for i just i was i was look did did people think I was weird? Yes. But did I wanna change myself because of that? No, I didn't. That's I like well, it's just me. No.
0: No, I mean no, I no no. I mean, as I was as I was watching this movie and as, as I was seeing the the horrible choices that Tracy was making in the back of my head, I was like, and, and, and you're gonna like this. I'm like, Dean would never fucking do this. <laughs> Dean would never fucking do this. Dean will never fucking do no, this. Never. So I'm like, why the fuck are you doing this? For the for for the love of Christ, heaven and almighty. <laughs> somebody for the life of me, somebody just had to sit down with Tracy and 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 goddamn sit her down for a single fucking moment and tell her that everything was going to be okay. But yeah. the fact that nobody did that Oh, just it! It look it aggravated me to no end because I am a semi-functioning adult. I'm not perfect. I, I got I got cracks all over my self-esteem, but just it it broke me. It broke me. It broke me. I'm sorry. And yeah, it
1: only is going to get worse. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not even into like the bad stuff yet. <laughs> So the next scene, Evie starts selling drugs to other teenagers. And so that's another layer upon her character. And you're like, oh, okay. Who knows where she gets them from? Maybe her stepmom, her guardian. I don't know. It's never said. I don't really care to know where she got them from. And then the next scene is they're all high as Um, fuck. It's her. It's Tracy. It's all the kids at school. And they're laughing and they're playing in the sprinklers. And they're just fucking. I don't know what they took. But they're all high. And then. Tracy gets home and she's high uh, still and she sees the boyfriend there and then she starts like getting the shits and then we get a flashback of why she doesn't like the boyfriend because the boyfriend is a crackhead and you're like, oh, oh. and then you think, oh, my God, the mother is letting a crackhead into the house with her 13-year-old daughter. What the no. fuck? Like what the fu- – no the wonder Tracy is fucked up. Like what you're going to, you're going to take basically what her mother has done and is said, my crackhead boyfriend is more important to me than you. That's, that's what she's getting that. This is what Tracy is getting. And so you, and again, it adds another layer to the mum's character and you can see why Tracy is kind of the way that she is. Um, Yeah. So anything to say about that? You probably do. Yeah, that <laughs> that scene
0: I just love because that flashback really told the audience that for lack of a better word, Tracy's mother is a recovering drug addict of some sort and for her to pick her own child over this over this recovering crackhead individual is just unacceptable. So so no matter how you slice it, it's just a shitty Fucking deal, but again, I love the way that the writer sort of gave us hints to Tracy's mother's story and how Tracy's mother's story ultimately b- bleeds into her her own her, her own daughter's selfish, you know, whacked out behavior and why she does wh- why she does what she does. That is the mark. Of a good screenplay writer when you can make your secondary characters affect your main characters in an organic way. That is screenplay writing 101. And if you can do that, you have my fucking attention.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful beautifully written and it just shows her mum has huge worthiness issues and needs to be loved which is basically exactly yeah do. exactly the same it's a vicious cycle it's because you know monkey see monkey fucking do right so anyway um the next scene uh Tracy's so fucking upset and pissed off because it's not the fact it, it is the fact that he's there and that he was chosen over her but it's also her mum lied to her. It's like, you fucking, you lied to me. Like, that's a huge thing for a 13-year-old. Like, that's huge. So, anyway, Tracy goes into the bathroom and she grabs, like, some scissors and it cuts from there. So, you don't know what she, you kind of know what she's doing, but it doesn't show anything. And you're like, oh, okay. But that comes back later on. So, after that... Um, it's the next day at school. Tracy struts into her classroom the next day. She's late. She doesn't care. She's got full makeup on. Her hair's done. Like a total like 180 from when we started out the film, when she was like a kind of like a nerdy geek. She's got new clothing. She's got a smart-ass attitude. The teacher asks her a question and she just fucking has like a attitude. Um, it's just like complete – like it's like the transformation is fucking complete. From nerd to like – bitchy cool girl doesn't give a shit doesn't want to do her work like it's like did you did you feel like that was the scene where it was like okay like you know mission complete
0: i was actually thinking of some mina (laughs) words i i was like oh great so now you've really become the thing that you've wanted all along but you don't realize what this shit is going to cost you
1: exactly exactly so the next scene uh we are at a tattoo parlor in uh, venice beach i think and Evie's there and um, Tracy's sitting in the chair and we think she's going to get a tattoo. But then Evie's like, oh, you should get your tongue pierced because Evie has a tongue pierced. And of course, when you have attachment issues, all you want to do is like be, basically you want to be that person. You don't want to be yourself anymore. And you can see through this movie that Tracy just, scene by scene, loses herself and just becomes Evie. Like, you even see them dressing the same. Like they look the same. The hair is the same. Everything is the same because she just, she basically, she wants to be friends with Evie, but she wants to be Evie. And she just tries. Oh, it's just, it's hard. It's difficult to watch because you know that people out there do, do do that. And it's like, Oh no, just be yourself. But you know, anyway, so (laughs) you'll find this funny. So, She's going to get her tongue pierced and the guy there is, like, you don't see it, but the guy there is going for it. And then Evie turns around and lights up a cigarette. There is no fucking way that you would be allowed to smoke in a tattoo shop. I don't care if it's the <laughs> 90s, 80s, 70s, where you could smoke anywhere you wanted. No. There's no Way you could do that. There's there's no. there's no. hygiene issues, there's it has to be a sterile environment. So, like that, I don't know why, but that just shat me. I'm like, that's not even a thing. You there's no fucking way, especially like if you're doing a tongue piecing, like that's like an open wound. Not that tattooing is not an open wound, but still, it's just like, no, that's not a thing. <laughs> so that kind of irked me.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. When Evie when Evie lit that cigarette, and the first thing that ran through my head was. This is the one point where the movie sort of, you know, went over a little bump for me because that is totally unsanitary. And like you said, an owner of a tattoo shop would never allow that because a tattoo shop has to be as sterile as it possibly can. And with Evie lighting a cigarette that just fucks up the environment. Yeah. So Mm. that to me really irked me as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, because I'm like the place that I go to, you can't even bring food in. So the next scene is um so Tracy's at home and she walks into the house and she goes to the washing machine and grabs the clothes out of the washing machine and then she starts freaking out because she finds her mum's boyfriends in the in the in the wash. And then she's like, You promised me you wouldn't do this again. Like it's basically it's basically the same it's the same situation as her with Evie being taken advantage of. Evie is taking advantage of Tracy and her mum's boyfriend is taking advantage of her. So you can see why Tracy gets the fucking shits because it's like, again, like you said, it's, it's all about, you know, lying and look, PS, some people should just not be fucking parents. Okay. And this person that, that they have written, if it is based on a real person, I hope you don't have children. (laughs) Oh, well you do because it's based on a real person, but I hope you don't. So, um, moving on, um, the next uh so at this point in the movie Evie has been staying at Tracy's house for a while. She doesn't want to go home and you know Holly Hunter's character's kind of doesn't have an issue with it. Um so she's been staying there for a while and she Evie says that you know her guardian isn't home because her mum Holly Hunter says look look maybe you should just go home for a bit because she can kind of see that Evie's not a good influence, but she, it's it's only a little bit. Like, it's not it's not there yet. At, by the end of the movie, it's kind of there, but it's not. She kind of has a suspicion that Evie isn't... Because Evie's so nice. You know what you're like around parents. You're nice. You pretend. You're all that. She doesn't realize how bad of an influence Evie is, but she's kind of starting to get it now. So she tells her to go home, and Evie says, oh, her guardian isn't home. She emailed you. And in the 90s... Barely anybody not had impossible. an e- it's yeah, Well, it's not impossible. That's when, like, emails came out. And, like, even Holly Hunter's character was like, oh, I don't check my emails. Because nobody checked their emails back then because email was not. Like, only a few people had emails. So I find that interesting that she says emails, not phone call, but emails, knowing that this is some manipulative Evie is, knowing that her mum not check emails because nobody back then fucking check emails. And so Evie kind of bats her eyelids and goes, oh, Mel, I hope it's okay that I'm here. And she's like fucking turns it on. Listen, I would be like – no, get the fuck out, go home, you're not my problem. Yeah. Like, she can, like, again, she can see the influence she's having over her daughter, right? And then Evie starts telling a fucking sob story. Oh, my God. These these oh are like, I know many manipula- people, I used to know. Manipulative people, and they do that when they think they're losing a fight. They interject with a sob story just to get your sympathy. Obviously, that never worked with me because I fucking I know you manipulating pieces of shit. So anyway, she starts telling a sob story about her guardian's boyfriend. Oh, Brooke's boyfriend, he hits me. He uh, he hits me, and I'm just like, oh my god! And the mum is so fucking stupid. She believes her. Oh. She and I'm like, no. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, Sucks ass. Fucking sucks ass. I'm like, oh, my God, this mom is so fucking oblivious. Uh, Anyway, what are your thoughts on that before I move on?
0: You know, at this point, like you, I just wanted to box Evie's ears and just say, but I, I just wish that Holly Hunter would have grabbed Evie and said, you need to go home and you need to get the fuck out of my house because you are dragging down my child. And the fact that she didn't do that, just just fucking shit me to no end. There's your word. See, you are having a, you are having a, an effect <laughs> yeah. on me. It 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 drove me up a goddamn wall, and I was like, oh, How could how can how can an adult allow themselves to be manipulated by queen bitch of the universe? I look, 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 look. I understand that Holly, that Holly Hunter's character is, you know, potentially an addict, and that she has no spine. But even people that have no spine, at some point, they hit fuck it, and they do something. Even, even if it scares the shit out of them, they do it because they have to. And. That was the moment that I'm like, if Evie, if if Holly Hunter's character would have taken Evie and thrown her the fuck out of her house, this movie would have been way different.
1: It's true. But Evie is so smart. The thing is with people that manipulate other people, they don't manipulate everybody. They have to choose very, very carefully. Can they manipulate this person? Can they do it to this person? They pick. So with everything that Evie has seen with Tracy's mom, she knows she's weak-minded. You can only manipulate weak-minded people. She knows she's weak-minded. She knows if she bats her eyelids. Like she fucking knows Manipulating people that manipulate people are fucking smart because they can pick she knows how, she to, knows work. how to work it they can pick if it's going to work on certain people and if it's not going to work so it's she's obviously seen enough of tracy's mum to know that it's fucking going to work but from my perspective i'm like oh my god this mom is so stupid anyway so the next scene is we're in tracy's room and they're trying to pierce her belly button. Now, Evie already has a belly button piercing, and obviously Tracy wants one too because she wants to fucking be Evie. And they Can I – Can I yeah. – can
0: can, uh, I'm going to say something, but then you're going to continue because I'm going to say something and then I'm going to say it again when you stop talking about – But I'm like, okay, if you want to pierce this woman's belly button, you you need to heat the needle first. <laughs> I'm like,
1: ah, But well, go ahead. Yeah, well, clearly they're 13. They have no fucking clue what they're doing. Um, and obviously it fucking – goes to goes to shit as like obviously like you can't do that and you have to yeah you have to fucking sterilize it like it's ridiculous anyway there's like fucking blood everywhere and her mom and her her fucking stupid oblivious mom is like is everything okay in there oh yeah everything's totally fine great 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 like unbelievable um so fun fact about that scene this is not in my trivia but um uh Nikki Reed when she was doing that scene she accidentally did pierce evan rachel wood's stomach um it was a dummy needle but she thrust it really hard and it went through and in the movie evan rachel wood in that scene actually says oh my god like what are you doing that was ad-libbed because she broke her skin (laughs) so that was real
0: i love the way that uh evan rachel wood takes her stuffed animal and you know she just you know she just says basically fuck it and the the way that uh, Catherine Harwick directed the scene is that you don't see the needle go in. All that uh, Catherine focuses on is Evan Rachel Wood's face, and you just see it. And Evan Rachel Wood is such a exceptional actress. She, she is so exceptional because of because of how hard her life has actually been. I just give so much, you know, so much. Love and support to Evan Rachel Wood anytime that I see her take on any role. And you guys, you guys know, especially you, Dean, you know that I don't give a shit. I, I don't give a rat's ass about actors. There are a few actors that I really care about, and Evan Rachel Wood is yes, one of them.
1: I know, I know. Uh, so later on, uh, Tracy and Evie are kind of lying in in Tracy's bed because she fucking evie fucking lives there now so they're lying in bed they're in their pajamas and then there's like a tap at the window and it's evie's boyfriend and so evie gets changed and she she's like oh i'm gonna go out and tracy's like uh well, can I come? And Evie's like, oh, it's just going to be me and KK, which is like her boyfriend. She's like, oh, okay. And then, you know, she jumps out the window and Tracy's left on her own, which is like not a good thing. And again, it adds another layer to Evie's character, basically saying she's using her. She's using her to stay there so she can do whatever the fuck she wants. And she doesn't have her guardian breathing down her fucking neck. And so, you know, this is where huge attachment issues come into it because Evie's gone away with her boyfriend, but Tracy can't handle it. She doesn't want to be alone. She wants to be with Evie like all the time. Massive, massive, massive emotional attachment, codependency um, shit going on there. Like this, this movie's called 13, about 13-year-olds, but there's guys, so much fucking shit in this. Like it is crazy how much shit that's in this.
0: Guys, guys, as someone who knows what codependency feels like, At a massive level and at a tiny level, that shit is not good. To move to your part, to move to your point, this film is presented as one goddamn thing, but the script for this film has so many fucking layers and so much fucking subtext, and it's so fucking goddamn good. I can't stand it. I love this movie. I thought that this movie was going to put me in a pit of depression and it kind of did. But guess what? I was happy to be down there.
1: Yeah. It's, this movie just goes deeper and and you don't think it's going to do it, but it does. Um, And then Tracy, after that, Tracy just can't handle it. And she goes to the bathroom. She grabs scissors. And now you see what she does with the scissors. She starts cutting herself. And it adds another fucking layer (laughs) to the movie. And you're like, oh, my fucking God. Like, that's a lot for a 13-year-old to feel that way and to start cutting themselves. Like, that's a fucking – that's fucking deep shit. Um So the next scene is we visit, we finally visit Evie's house and we finally meet her guardian, Brooke. And Brooke is a washed up model and she's, she's just like, you can see the house is messy. She doesn't really acknowledge Evie when she comes in. She lets Evie drink beer you know, which is, she goes, I'll just have one, then you got to do your homework. But she doesn't really care. Like you can see she doesn't give a shit. Um, and I mean, it says a lot about her character and it says a lot about how Evie turned out and why Evie is the way that she is. And so she kind of goes, oh, she, she leaves for work and that's it. Like she just Hi, Evie and then she goes so you can see that Evie spends a lot of time on her own and she doesn't feel loved and she doesn't we don't know where her parents are her parents left and so she's got this guardian that kind of just has her just to fucking have her doesn't give a shit about her and you're kind of like oh okay so we get we get where Evie's kind of shit is coming from uh yeah so Evie spends a lot of time alone with the guardian um and Yeah, she just, I feel like from Evie's point of view, she just feels like nobody gives a a shit about her. And so she has to act out. She has to do these things, again, like Tracy, in order to get attention, to get that love that she's not receiving. But it's fake, but it's, that's what she's getting.
0: Yeah, in a way, in a way, Evie and Tracy are mirror images of each other, but with little, little. Uh, little little flourish little little flourishes within the mirror that is different but they are the same person and the the way that they're acting is a direct result of the way that they have been you know mistreated and mismanaged in their own lives and as entertaining as it is and how you know and and you know and how interesting as how how captivating this film is both, uh, acting wise, directing wise, and, you know, just as an audience member wise, it is so hard to watch, but it's so goddamn entertaining because you, I, everybody in this world has known people like this. So when, so when you watch this movie, you take your own personal experiences and you project it. Onto the characters that you're watching on screen, and that makes it even more effective and that enhances the experience of the film that you're watching
1: yeah exactly i I absolutely agree, and one of the scenes that is really kind of difficult to watch is the next scene where it's uh tracy and Evie and they're at evie's house because obviously her guardian is at work doesn't give a shit, and she's with the boys she's they're with boys and they're getting high and uh Evie starts making out with her boyfriend and Tracy sees and so Tracy starts making out with with her guy right she doesn't know what's going on she just okay cool i'm just going to do what evie does and then evie st- straddles her boyfriend and then and then tracy goes oh okay i'm, I'm going to do that and everything evie does tracy follows and it's just like like you said, like a mirror image, and you just feel so bad because she's thirteen years old. She has no idea what sex is. She has no idea what she's doing. She has no idea what she's getting into, and you, it just makes your heart just fall because it's like, oh, you want her to get out of it like so badly, and then you know she she's just watching Evie, What's she doing. Oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm going because she just has no fucking clue what she's doing. She's just copying her, and. Then she starts, like, taking her shirt off and you're like, oh, no, honey, <laughs> no, no, stop doing it. You don't know what you're yeah. doing. And then she starts unbuttoning um, the guy's jeans. Uh, and she doesn't even really know him. That's the thing. Like, she knows him from school, but there was no, there was, like, one interaction where he asked her out and then the next scene, it's like, you know, they're at her house and they're making out. Like, she doesn't know him. Like okay, if they've known each other for a while and they like each other, but she is making out with him because she thinks that's what the cool kids do. She's not doing it because she wants it or she likes it. She's just doing it because he's cool. I want to be cool. Yeah, I want to do all this cool shit that the cool kids are doing. Um, obviously you don't see anything, but you kind of get a gist of of what's going on. Um, but yeah, that scene is kind of just hard to watch.
0: Yeah, from a from a directing standpoint, like like um. The, the the thing that you need to understand as a director when you want to make, a, you know, really, really traumatic scenes for, you know, the purpose of the story that you want to tell, a really, really good effective tool is suggesting something to the audience. Uh, anything that you write on the page isn't going to work as well as what the audience can imagine in their own heads when you don't spell it out for them and i think catherine uh catherine did a great job of that because when uh when Tracy you know is you know the, the guy's in uh, unbuttoning his pants the only thing that catherine does is she does a sl- slight she does a slight pan up to the guy's eyes and it just goes black and it's over but so many things run through your goddamn head in that moment that just is terrifying and disturbing. The other thing that uh, I don't know whether you noticed or or, or not. You have, may not have noticed this, but um, Tracy actually took a hit of crack cocaine before um, before she shot the guy. Did you notice? No, that? I didn't
1: notice. I didn't notice
0: the the the, the blue pipe that she right, was right, 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 right. Yeah. lighting. That was it. That was a, that was a crack pipe.
1: I didn't even notice that at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a crack pipe. So that's not good either. No,
1: no, that's not good. And the next scene is even worse, I think. <laughs> if it could get worse. Um, by the way, if this movie was made today, they would have totally showed it. They would have totally fucking showed a 13-year-old having sex.
0: No, I to to, to be honest, I don't I don't think a movie like this would be made that's today. That's true. Because, cause I think, because I think Hollywood is so, and this is going to make you happy. Hollywood is so fucked Yay. up and so Yay. broken <laughs> that that Hollywood today doesn't have the fucking balls to make a movie like this because they're so concerned. I'm going to take this out. This is just for you. Oh, they're so concerned. <laughs> oh, all right. They, <laughs> they. No, I know. I'll I'll leave it in but I'm going to I'm I'm just I'm just going to be about I'm just going to be a, I'm going to just gonna be a little lighter. They're they're so concerned with with satisfying the populace and they're so concerned about being politically politically correct that a film like this for someone who is going through something similar in their lives could save their lives. This film could be an example for someone who is struggling with drug addiction, who is struggling with who is struggling with abuse, who's who's struggling with whatever. But because the way that the because of the way that the Hollywood landscape is these days, people that need to see these films to help them out of whatever they might, you know, be feeling don't have you know access to these films anymore because Hollywood doesn't want to make people uncomfortable anymore. And Hollywood doesn't really want to say anything real anymore. And it's just a fucking a shame. There you go.
1: Did you like that? That I was I love you. that. I love that so much. That actually gave my heart a little bit of a skip. You know, but you know what? Ugh. They would make 13 today. I think that they would, but you know what they would do? They'd give Tracy superpowers. <laughs> Oh that uh... <laughs> So the next scene is uh yeah to me kind of even worse than the last scene. Uh we go to so Evie and um Uh, Tracy are kind of hanging out outside the house and they see her brother Tracy's brother's friend who lives next door he goes into his house and Evie's like oh who's that she's like oh that's Luke that's my brother's friend she goes oh let's go have a look let's go see so they go to his house and discover that his parents like go away for like six months of the year he's by himself and he's about I would say he looks like 17 18 that's how old he looks um, but it's never said like how old he is in the actual movie. So, you know, Evie starts, you know, being all sexy and doing like a sexy dance. And he's like, wait, what? Now he knows Tracy is like his brother's little, little, uh, little sister. And then Evie starts kind of making out with him. And he's like, no, no, no. Cause he's like, no, like you're jailbait. I don't want to do this. And she's like, no, just, you know, get into it. And you can see mm-hmm. Evie's just like, just, she's just fucked. <laughs> So she pushes him on the couch and then she's like, come on, Tracy. And then Tracy comes and then like, they basically try to have a fucking threesome with him. Right. And they're 13 as if, as if Tracy knows what a threesome, like she's just doing it because Evie goes, yeah, let's just do it. She has no idea what she's getting herself into. So that broke my heart even more. And then a couple of minutes into it, he just freaks out. He's like, no, get the fuck out of my house. Get the fuck out of my house. Like he realizes, no, I'm not doing this. (laughs) Like get the fuck out. And then Evie gets the shits and Tracy's like all embarrassed. Look, that whole scene was just embarrassing to me. Like it was just, it was embarrassing, but it was was just like, oh, why are you doing that?
0: Yeah. I, you know, I just, you know, I I think that, I think that scene really doubles down of how, how much of a broken individual Evie is and how unfixable she is and how just how un forgivable her behavior is and at this point i feel i felt sad and i felt really sad for evie and i felt bad for tracy but the thing that set me on fucking fire and made me want to chop up evie as a character and and put her in a goddamn woodshed again guys i'm not talking about a person i'm talking about a character what she does later on made me want to just say fuck it you you bitch of a character, you can just go, and, go go to hell now and die. I don't care.
1: Yeah, it just only gets worse. <laughs> As if this movie couldn't get oh. any fucking worse. So the next scene, it is Tracy, Evie, her mom, and her mom's crackhead boyfriend. They're all going out to the movie. So it's funny because Tracy goes in and out of moods, which is normal for a 13-year-old. She hates him one day. She likes him the next day. She's confused. Who'd she think- doesn't know what to do. Hmm?
0: i'm i'm sorry uh sorry to interject here but do you think that tracy is suffering from a little bit of bipolar disorder that that is not that 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 hasn't been diagnosed that hasn't been that hasn't been. Diagnosed. I don't know. I just
1: I feel like she's very emotional, and I feel like she just goes with whatever she's feeling for the day. Like if she wakes up and she feels shit, she fucking hates everyone. And if she wakes up and she feels good, she fucking loves everyone. I don't think it's bipolar. I just think as a thirteen year old going through what she's going through, she doesn't know who she is, and she can't get a hold of her emotions, and she's not mentally developed enough to to understand her emotions. So I think that's really what's going on. Is why she keeps switching. She could have bipolar. I she's
0: not. Yeah, she's she 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 is nowhere near mentally stable for the
1: shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So anyway, they all go out to the movies, and the mum and the boyfriend want to see a different movie to Evie and Tracy, and so they buy tickets to you know, different the different movies, and the mum and the boyfriend go in and they pretend to go to their cinema, but they they don't, and they kind of run out, and they're they're kind of. Um, gallivanting on Hollywood Boulevard and can I just fucking say something Hollywood Boulevard is one of the most seediest places I have ever been in my entire fucking life and for 13 year olds at night to be running around Hollywood Boulevard it is full of silly people it's full of drugs it's not yeah I I I I did I didn't like it I did not like Hollywood Hollywood Boulevard at all
0: no, at this point in this at this point in this movie I'm like for the love of Christ what the fuck are you doing?
1: I understand from for a 13-year-old like, it would be fun. Like if I was 13 and I was in Hollywood I would find that so fun, but as an adult yep, uh, it's no good. But yeah, but yeah, but yeah.
0: Yeah, look look look. I look look. I look. I understand we we've already established that Tracy that Tracy cannot process What is happening to her at this point? But do you think that there is a monicum of herself that for a split second said for a split second in her head somewhere deep in the deep in the recesses of her soul? Do you think that there was a piece of her that wanted to. That wanted to find a way out of this shit, because at this point, I think Tracy was like a runaway train. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm like, how can, how can you keep making, look, if you make the mistake once, twice, okay, but, but the true mark of an insane person is doing the same thing over and over, is doing the same thing over and over again and except and expecting a different result. And it's just remarkable to me. That even Tracy with all her baggage and all her fucking shit, she did not try at least once to pull herself out of it and just to stop spiraling
1: just for a minute. No, she's one moment No, at this point she's completely lost. She's no longer her former self. She is this new person that she's molded herself to be. So no, I don't think there was a little voice in her head saying, maybe you shouldn't do this. No way. She's completely lost and she's completely in this fantasy that this is how I want my life to be. I'm having fun. I'm with the cool girl. I've got a boyfriend. I'm on Hollywood Boulevard at night without parental supervision. No, no, there's no way and again, she's thirteen years old. this is what she's always wanted, so that little voice is there, but it's definitely it's 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 you know there's a lot of it's stifled it's it's definitely stifled so anyway there
0: it's bye-bye. Yeah, it's bye bye
1: so they're on Hollywood Boulevard and you know they see the the boys uh that they were with the other night and then Evie tells Tracy, look can you go get us some some cokes?" so Tracy being a little lapdoggy she is she goes to a store and gets and is like paying for the coke and she's wearing tight jeans and she's wearing like a thong like pulled up like in t- total 90s fashion because I don't know why that was ever a fucking thing and her brother walks in her brother's like oh you know check that ass out and then she turns around she's like and he's like oh my god Tracy and then so she freaks out he freaks out. <laughs> and so it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Because, oh, my God, it's just so fucking awkward. Awesome. Imagine, like, a brother saying, it's, no, it's just awkward. So, anyway, she races out, and she goes back to where she left Evie. Evie's not there anymore. And she's asking a random guy who she doesn't know, have you, like, who was in the group who knows Evie, do you know where Evie is? And he goes, no, but do you want, do you want, do you want this drink? And she goes, oh, okay. And so she takes it and obviously there's something in it because as soon as she takes a sip, she is fucked, right? And obviously that shows how much she's spiraled, that she's just fucking taking some random drink in a bottle that you can't even – it's not even see-through. Like you can't even see what's in it. And so he's taking her to all these places and then he turns around to her and he's like, hey, do you want to suck my cock? And she's like, what? No. And she's like, fucked. And you're like, oh, my God. She's on Hollywood Boulevard. City is fucked. With a guy she doesn't know, she's like – I thought when I first saw this movie, he's going to end up fucking taking her somewhere and fucking raping the shit out of her. Like, honestly, that's what I thought. That's what I thought the game was going to be. Yeah. Luckily that didn't happen.
0: Nice. Um,
1: so anyway, they walk into like a, a store and they see, um, uh, they see Evie coming out of a back room with, you know, Tracy's boyfriend, and when she comes out, she wipes her mouth, so you know what she's done, you fucking know what she's done, and she's like, oh hey, you know, and Tracy's kind of so far out of it, she doesn't fucking know what's going on, Um, and then the next scene, it's funny, because it cuts to, you know, they're all, the mum, the dad, the, da- the mum, the boyfriend, Evie, and Tracy are all in the car, they've arrived home, and her mum is kind of going like, you know, where were you? You weren't in the movie. And they're like, we were in the movie. Oh, did, no, you weren't. In the movie. And it's just like her mom is just fucking so oblivious. Like, and Tracy's so fucking high, so high, mm-hmm. and so fucked up. How and her mom, not and, and her mom being a crack addict, she should have noticed this straight away that her oh daughter was God. high. And she just—I don't know if she doesn't want to notice it, but she just she didn't bring it up and she didn't seem mad that they didn't go into the movie she just kind of left it which i thought was so fucking like yeah annoying yeah, it was super annoying so any thoughts on on any of those scenes
0: yeah the, yeah those scenes were deeply deeply ugh deeply deeply fucked up and i'm just going to fast forward here the fact that the character played by you know uh you know Eve, you know, uh, Tracy's mom, the fact that Tracy's mom doesn't pick up on any of these signs when Evie comes back fucking home as high as a goddamn kite is in fucking... It's, it is not excusable. As a covering alcoholic, as a covering addict, you should recognize the signs because guess what? At At one point in your life, you were there, so I don't know why, for the love of God she didn't notice, but that plays into the whole problem that Tracy has as a character. Look, this movie is upsetting. It's triggering me up and down, but I think, and, and, and and you might, you know, and, and you might feel differently about this, but I think from a writing standpoint, this is the finest constructed film that we've talked about from a writing standpoint, because it is just so hard-hitting, it doesn't forgive, and everything fits, and everything works.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's it's beautifully written. It's so deep. There's so many layers to all of the characters, not even just like Tracy. Like, all the fucking characters have deep, deep layers, and you can tell... Why one character is like the way that they are because of the other character like it's just yeah it's it's beautiful beautiful writing on um Catherine Hardwick's um and Nikki Reed's part so the next scene is again another layer of the fucking onion where Tracy's father comes now we know he's a deadbeat dad we know he doesn't pay child support but he comes and he's the way that they've dressed him, he looks like he's got money. He drives a nice car. He's basically dressed in a suit but just without the jacket. He's got nice, you know, expensive glasses on. He's got an expensive watch on um, and he, you know, he's got a, not a mobile, he's got like a beeper and, you know. The
0: Palm
1: Pilot. Oh, Palm, Pilot, a Palm yeah, Pilot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he comes to visit and Tracy's sitting out the back uh, in the backyard and he's like you know you know i i can't take you because i've got a new job again being she's being rejected by her parents and you know i don't think parents realize that it's look i don't know what it's like to be a parent but from a child's point of view when a parent says that you feel rejected and you feel like you're not important and you take that child will take that into adulthood they will and the parent doesn't realize that at that point you are actually fucking your kid up so you know he says oh i can't spend time with you because of work but yeah all she's hearing is i'm not important
0: as a look 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 as a parent look i look look i am not i am not fit to be a parent i will probably never be a parent in my life but as an individual who for a large part of my teenage years and and well into my adulthood, I never felt like I was seen. I never felt that I was truly, truly loved. And all I ever needed from one of my family members was to, for them to sit me down, for me to talk to them, and for them to tell me that they were proud of me and that they were proud of the person that I was becoming. But I never got that vis-a-vis all the problems that I that, that that I had that I have that I had in my young 20s and that I'm finally starting to put to rest in my 30s but it's you know it's it's for the it's for that reason that the way that uh Tracy the the way that Tracy's character the, the way that Tracy's character was written really speaks to me because I see tracy, I see Tracy in myself, yeah, still to this day, yeah. still to this day, I'm still not perfect i I am at a much better place, but I'm still not perfect.
1: Yeah. And, you know, her dad keeps saying, I need this job, you know, I need this job. And then he's like, you know what, fuck it. I'm not going to take the job. I'm going to stay here. And it's kind of, it's a manipulative tactic. And to, to get the other person to say, no, go, you know, and that's exactly what she does. Because again, she's got a parent that, uh, you know, is manipulative, doesn't give a shit about her. And so he's like, oh, okay, then I'll just go then. Like knowing that he shouldn't and picking his job over his daughter, it's just like, again, it's another layer to why she's so fucked up, why she doesn't feel important and why she's so codependent on Evie because she thinks Evie has everything. She, th- she thinks Evie is perfect and she wants to be like Evie. So the next scene, Tracy and Evie, um, they go into Tracy's mom's room and they're like oh we need to ask you they're like holding hands and they're like oh you know can evie live with us full time and you're you're thinking oh fucking please no please fucking no please tell evie <laughs> to fuck right off please please <laughs> open your fucking eyes yeah so, you think right? so and then the mum goes oh okay i'll think about it and i'm like oh you are so oh, weak you God. are so fucking weak i couldn't even believe it um and then the next scene is the opening scene from the movie where they're like, hit me, hit me. Oh my God. And they're laughing in their highest fuck. That's this scene. So I don't need to explain what happens because we know what happens. It is the opening scene of the movie. So the next scene is, oh my God, this is so funny. (laughs) The mum, the mom shits me more than Evie shits me because you think the mom should know better, right? So so the mum is talking to a friend and she's like, oh, I have to help her. Like, Evie, I have to help her. And you're like, what? She's been abused by oh, everybody she's ever she's ever known. And I'm like, oh, my God. The award for the most oblivious mother fucking goes to this bitch. I cannot – are you – why are you believing Evie's lies? Like, you are so fucking oh. – and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, how is it that the mother has not put together – the fact that as soon as Evie came into Tracy's life, Tracy got, was, went downhill on a spiral. How does that not connect at all? How do you not see that Evie's a big bad, bad influence? Even if you don't see it directly, you still fucking know, like fucking open your eyes. Oh my God. That was so fucking, sad. I have to help her. She's been abused. She's not been abused by nobody, nobody. She's a manipulative little bitch. Okay. And you're fucking playing into it. Any thoughts on that?
0: i i you said everything i wanted to say so i you know the fact. look the fact that you know evie's uh, uh tracy's mom can't fucking see you know past the two eyes that she has connected to her fucking forehead and to see that everything that start that that the downfall of her daughter into this goth fucking queen bitch that she is now all started when Evie came to the picture. The fact that she cannot see that the fact that she doesn't want to acknowledge that because she's just a shit character. She's just weak for, 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 for purposes really, really shits me. But again, I want to sort of put away the rage for half a second because I feel that I've been raging for almost two fucking hours with this with this master with this masterpiece of a film but from a writing standpoint that is just good fucking character plotting that's good writing and that's good fucking payoff Mm -hmm. and what we're going to talk about here very very shortly is the best fucking scene that i think i've seen all fucking Uh year
1: yeah it is it is i mean look to the mom's credit she does have her own demons she is battling. So she's not only battling her own demons, she's got to sort of like, you know, battle her daughter's demons as well. And she kind of doesn't know what she's doing because her mum is like a former crackhead and her mum is, is, I mean, you see the mum through the movie, she is trying to hold it together. So... She's not perfect. She doesn't have money. She does her best. And you see at the beginning of the movie. She did have a close relationship with her daughter. And I think she's just confused as to like how the hell things got so bad so quickly. But she is oblivious to the fact that Evie is the problem. Now, there's one problem I have with this movie. And maybe you can sort it out for me. It's the next scene. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to, so Tracy, uh, Evie and their mum, her, Tracy's mum, go to, uh, Evie's house, Evie's guardian's place. And Brooke is there and, you know, they kind of have a little bit of a conversation and then, and then her, uh, Tracy's mum says, oh, you know, we'll, we'll bring back Evie's things. And then Evie says, oh, you're not going to adopt me. And then Tracy interjects and she goes, well, Brooke's, back so you know and i thought that was interesting because it went from can you adopt evie and then two scenes later it's like tracy doesn't want that anymore and her mum doesn't want that i felt like there was a missing scene because it was a jump and there was no trigger point to that jump and that's the that's the only issue i have with this movie is the total mind shift with tracy's mum and tracy and, but it wasn't warranted at all. I don't know where it came from.
0: No, like 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 uh, from a from a script standpoint, it wasn't set up at all because there was no there was no inciting incident indicating that that mind change was going to happen with Tracy's mom and Tracy. But the only thing that I can sort of explain away as a writer, it doesn't work because we've already established that Tracy is not mentally prepared to understand what is happening to her. But with that being said, maybe somewhere, look, I acknowledge that this doesn't work, but maybe somewhere in the deep recesses of Tracy's mind, she was like, she finally started to notice it. And that's why, that's why, uh, 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 Tracy and Tracy's mom did what, you know, they did because they they finally began to kind of acknowledge that there's a problem here, but yeah. again yeah. but again that but but again, that doesn't track because because tracy's mom is a drug addict, she 's dealing with her own demons, and Tracy is incapable of acknowledging. What is being done to her, to to her as an as an individual because she's too fucking young?
1: Yeah, I don't give a pass for that scene because it that's the only thing no, in the movie. No, yeah, no. that just didn't work for me because, like you said, there was no setup no, for no. it. There was no trigger point for yeah. it. Yeah, no. So yeah, I just it's it, the only thing in the movie that irks me, and I'm like, oh, if you just put a little bit of a scene before that, it could have worked.
0: No. What about no? No, but like, like, no. But I just want to clarify. I don't. uh, I don't agree with that either. But I'm just trying to give you. I'm just trying to give you a passage of yeah, yeah, a a passage, a passage of thought that may have gone through the writer's head as a way to justify this changing character so so late in the film. The other thing that doesn't make sense at all, uh, which is the fact that um, the plastic surgery bit. I'm like.
1: Oh Where the yeah. Fuck did this come from? So okay. Like, so what? for everyone listening, when they go to uh, uh, Evie's guardian's place and they're like, "Oh, you're not going to adopt me, Brooks." Back, blah, blah blah. This this scene. Um, Brooks, uh, sorry, Evie's guardian, Brooke. She's like, "Oh, they cut my ears off," and it's and you're kind of going, "What?" So she's just had plastic surgery and she's just had like a face tightening, um, which has nothing to do with anything <laughs> at all. <laughs> so I don't know what the point of that was.
0: No, but the, no, but yeah, no, it's no fucking point. But the disgusting thing about it was they just chopped their ears off and they didn't do her face tightening correctly. Because when when you look over her right ear, you can see the bones in her face of you you could see her unexposed ear. And I'm like, that is disgusting. In And this scene, this scene, this scene could have been played exactly the way that it was played. But that was unnecessary. Yeah, I thought
1: so too. Um, so the next thing after that, we're at school and Tracy's kind of walking outside of the school grounds. Uh, school's finished. And she sees a Jeep arriving. And, and Evie is in the back with her friends. There's somebody else. The boys are driving. And she's like, woo! Like Evie's in like yelling, like, yeah! And then, you know, another girl jumps in and, and the Jeep drives off. And Tracy's kind of standing there like, oh, uh, okay, she doesn't acknowledge Tracy at all, just dry, Just fucks off, right? And then the next scene, um, uh, Tracy's at a payphone and she's like, hey, Evie, that was hilarious. Now come pick me up. Uh, it's Tracy. What? And then I think it's like Evie hangs up on her and she's like, oh. And so you can see that. After that scene where it's like, we're not going to adopt you, Evie completely turns on Tracy. So she's so you can see, if you didn't before, she was completely just using Tracy. And Tracy's just, obviously, 13-year-old mind doesn't understand. Like, why don't you want to be friends with me anymore just because we won't adopt you? But that does not go through her head. But I thought that was so sad. It's like, yeah, that was funny. Come pick me up. She's like, huh? What? <laughs> what? So... um. Yeah, so she starts to so there's 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 a few scenes where Evie you see Evie's evilness and she starts to turn on 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 Tracy. So she she hands in Tracy's fake ID at school and so the school pulls Tracy up on it. And then she she tells, you know, these girls, these bullies that Tracy stole something or did something that she shouldn't have, and they're like confronting confronting Tracy and Tracy's, like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Like, what? So she's starting to manipulate everybody around her to basically it's leading up to the best scene in the movie pointing. Basically it's the spotlight is off her and the spotlight, she's put the spotlight on Tracy, which is a huge thing that people that manipulate people, that gaslight people do. They don't want to be in the front row. They want to be in the back row. And by doing that, they put spotlights on everybody else. Um, so yeah, this is the scene. Tracy comes home and Evie, Brooke and her mum are waiting. So it it looks like just an intervention and you know it's not going to be fucking great. And what has happened is Evie has shown the mum and Brooke all the drugs and paraphernalia that Tracy had hid all around her room, like in her stuffed toys, like her cigarettes, you know, what the cocaine, whatever, whatever drugs and shit in her room, Evie's Evie's just fucking out at her. And for no reason, right? Because Tracy had not done anything to really deserve this. She hadn't said, Oh, I'm gonna get you and your fucking little dog too. Like she hadn't said anything. So the fact that Evie just did this for no reason just shows like how fucked up she is. And then and Evie knows that Tracy cuts herself. So guess what? She brings that shit up too. She's like, yeah, she cuts herself. And like her mom is just like fucking devastated. And Tracy's like looking at Evie like, what the fuck? Like what? Like her face is just like, Why the fuck are you doing this to me? And then Evie pretends like she's innocent and like it's it's fucking Tracy's fault. And then Brooke. Evie's guardian is like, oh, your daughter's a bad influence on my daughter. And, like, as a viewer, you're like, what? What the fuck? Are you serious? Like, this is how oblivious Evie's, like, guardian is. She doesn't even, she does nothing about this kid. Nothing. And her mom, Tracy's mom, believes her. She believes that Tracy's the bad influence, which I find fucking hilarious. Your kid was a thirteen-year-old innocent, and then Evie comes into the picture, and it's like, oh, Tracy's the bad. Im- oh my god! And and you just feel so fucking bad for Tracy, like so fucking bad. It is fucked.
0: Uh, this is the one scene where, as I was watching the movie, it was horribly triggering for me because I have I dealt with a situation in my life where I needed someone's support, and I needed them to believe me. But what happened was, basically, I got framed for something that I didn't even do, and this person threw me under the fucking bus and didn't even consider my feelings, and I was left to rot for this, and I lost two years of my fucking life because of it. And no matter how much I still respect them and I love them as an individual, I will never forgive them for this. But with that being said, with that piece of vomit out of my brain, this is the moment where Evan Rachel Wood, as a young actor said, fuck it, stand up and hold my beer. I, this is where I'm going to let, I'm, I'm going to let all of you have it. And I'm going to knock all of you on your ass Evan Rachel Wood's performance in this scene is amazing, so amazing. That's all I got to say. Why don't you? Why don't you bring us home?
1: Yeah. Um. So the next scene, next scene after that, so Evie and Brooke leave the house, uh, and then oh you know the mom her look Tracy's Tracy and her mom go in the kitchen and Tracy's just flipping out. And then there's this beautiful scene where, you know, Tracy's just crying and her mum is just like, she's telling her mum to go away. She goes, look, I will go away anytime you tell me to, but not now. I'm not fucking leaving you. Mm -hmm. Like, you are not going to be by yourself with this. And I think at that point she realises Maybe my daughter isn't the bad person. Maybe it's Evie. I think it kind of clicks in and she actually at that point starts to be a mother and starts to do what a mother oh, okay. should. And, you know, uh, Tracy's just wailing and screaming and just like for a performance out of a 14-year-old, like it's, it's oh, just man. fucking insane. And then they drop to the floor and Tracy's crying and her mom's crying and it was just like a full-on like it was full on. It was it was a lot. Um but it's it's beautifully acted by Holly it's Hunter beautiful. and Evan Rachel Wood. It's, it's beautiful. beautifully acted. Um and you can just feel the pain that Tracy is going through because it's not it's it's just like, oh my god, my best friend backstabbed me, she's not who I thought her. Every single emotion is fucking coming up. Every single like insecurity is coming up, and you just feel so bad for her, and it's just like, see, Evie's fucked. <laughs> Like, Evie is fucked, and she's just like, oh, my God. And it's like, now who is she? Like, who the fuck is she now? She's tried to be herself. That doesn't work. She's tried to be a cool kid. That's not working. Like, what? The, where does she go? Like, emotionally for a 13-year-old, that's fucked. That is actually fucked. And then the next scene is she's lying in her bed, and her mum's kind of cuddling her. Her mom just does not leave her at all, which, again, is the first time that we see her mum being a fucking mum. Yeah, it's it's really great. I um, okay.
0: I think you know you know I think the way that this that that this final sequence was shot and choreographed with Holly Hunter basically basically suffocating Evan Rachel Wood's character with love and affection, and the way that um, um, the way that uh, Catherine shows that from a directoral standpoint is fucking amazing because all of Evan Rachel Wood's characters shit just comes out of the floor. As a writer, I have dreamed about writing a scene like this and it is the most heartbreaking but satisfying thing that I that that I've seen all year because despite everything that these two characters have gone through, I feel that the door is open. For them to start healing and to finding a way back to each other. But guess what? It's up to them to get out of that fucking hamster circle and that fucking circle of the same shit. If they can find a way out of that circle because of this event, I think that they truly can heal. But they needed this this moment and they needed those two scenes to realize what a fucking disaster they've made out of their lives and how much they have mentally and phys- mentally hurt each other.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll give you a little bit of trivia, which is not in my trivia about that scene, is Evan Rachel Wood was talking about this. She says she actually does not remember filming that scene. She said she was so emotional that she just, she just she blacked out. Um, and she doesn't remember. The only thing she remembers is before they hit the floor, she remembers that. As soon as they hit the floor, her and her mum in that scene, she goes, she doesn't remember any of it. The only thing she remembers is when Catherine yelled cut, she said somebody lifted her up took her to the couch nearby and just held her. She goes, I don't know who it was. I I cannot remember anything about that scene. So you can see how much of herself she puts into it at 14 years old. I can't even fucking believe this woman. She's amazing.
0: Yeah, I hope that whatever they did in between takes was really, really good because I don't know as an actor how somebody could do what they did and and be able to come out of this unscathed, and not be able to turn it off because yeah.
1: So the next scene, which is the final scene, which I always thought was just, I don't know. (laughs) I feel like they dropped the ball in the final scene. It was just a weird scene. I didn't get it. So after the breakdown thing, uh, um, Tracy's character is like on kids playground equipment. It's like, I don't know what it's called. It's that thing that you, it's like a, it's a round thing and it spins and you can like make it spin by just like pushing it. It goes around in a circle. And so she's on that and it's just,
0: and to it's a merry-go-round.
1: Well, no, it doesn't have horses or anything. It's just a thing that you stand on and you can just sp- spin it. I don't know what the name is.
0: Yeah, it's like, I don't
1: know. I don't know. I, people will know childhood mm-hmm. playground shit from the yeah. 90s. Uh, yeah. They don't have it now because it's too fucking dangerous. But um, <laughs> it was not It was never dangerous for I, me. I just felt really sick going around in circles. I was like, wow, I feel sick. Let's do that again.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, even as a kid. Even as a kid, I played on yeah. this
1: thing so yeah she's on that and she's making it go around in a circle and then she just screams like maybe and then that's it it's like cut to black so i think but she's not screaming in pain i think she's screaming in like maybe like release maybe i'm not sure i'd have to ask katherine harwick if i ever met her <laughs> why did you do that
0: no no i really think that the I, I really think that the way to end this film would have been on evan rachel's wood's eyes cradled in her mother's embrace. I felt that that scene at the very, very end with Catherine going, you know, round and round on the circle thingy, because it's clear that we don't know what it is. I feel that that was superfluous. I I felt that this movie should have ended like five seconds earlier.
1: Yeah, I agree. So on to my trivia. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So the film took 25 days to make, which is not long. Wow. Um oh, and also there was never more than three takes for every single scene shot. Catherine Catherine usually got it in one take, but she wanted to do like two extra more two two extra takes.
0: Oh good for And her. like
1: for for good 14 for year olds, getting it in like the first take or even the first two takes perfectly is like fucking phenomenal, right? So you can see how fucking great they were. Um it was so the movie was so low budget that the clothing you actually saw Nikki reed and, and Evan Rachel would wear is actually their own clothing. <laughs> yes. Really? Wow <laughs> their own clothing, okay. their own wardrobe. Um I already loosely based on Nikki Reed's life, blah blah, blah. Um yeah, Tracy was originally going to be played by Nikki. Um almost all of the film was shot using handheld camera. Ah, oh, Which I actually really liked. Nice. nice usually nice. I don't like it, but I usually really It it, it fit with the indie vibe of it. Um yeah, yeah uh, so, yeah, they were both 14. Yeah, yeah, we know this. Um, okay, here's the last one, but he's a. He's, this one's quite – oh, no, 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 one more. The house, Tracy's house, um, that's actually a real house that they rented out. They didn't film it on a studio. That's a house. So everything in that house was actually in that house. And Evan Rachel Wood and Nikki Reed actually stayed in that house because they wanted to emulate the best friend thing. So her room, she actually like decorated, like that was, that was where she slept when she wasn't filming.
0: Oh, wow. That is really, really cool. That's really, really cool. I, uh, I, I wouldn't expect that, No,
1: but uh, you know, that's Catherine Hardwick on a low budget making the shit work. (laughs) She's awesome. (laughs) So the last trivia I have for you, you're going to fucking laugh your tits off at this. (laughs) Let me just fucking say it with a straight face. Okay. Michelle Trachtenberg was set to star as Tracy, but she had committed to Buffy first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I wish, I wish, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Dawn. Fucking hate Dawn. I wish <laughs> that she had gotten the role of Tracy. No offense, Evan Rachel Wood. I wish that she'd gotten the role just so she she didn't have to do Buffy and we could have got someone fucking better. <laughs> Fuck. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, "Oh, of course." Oh, I can't. <gasps> <laughs> okay for everybody that doesn't realize i'm a huge buffy fan i can't breathe i'm can't breathe. <laughs> i a huge oh, buffy fan oh, and wait. i fucking hate dawn <laughs> dawn is a character in buffy i fucking hate dawn i i just every time she comes on screen i just want to fucking blow my brains out <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate dawn and dawn is played by michelle okay. truchtenberg <laughs> oh
0: my god I can't, okay but dies mm. uh okay as i compose myself uh, dean uh dean is not Selling you short, she she fucking hates Tom. But the other thing, the other thing that I feel, I feel that the audience is is that we both are massive fans of oh, Buffy. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that. Um, oh my god, I can't believe it. <laughs> that that just
1: that it could have turned out differently, Marcelo. Buffy could have turned out fucking differently, but it didn't. Oh, we got what we got.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, that mean? Uh, I mean, I'll take this part out. But imagine Evan Rachel Wood.
1: oh my god that would have been awesome (laughs) don't take it out leave it in that's hilarious yeah 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 oh my god that would have been so fucking Um, good it would be so good all right in a parallel universe that is true
0: that will uh wrap up the initial season of the mixtape podcast the podcast dedicated to deconstructing film from a screenplay writer's perspective I would just like to say I hope the way that we have deconstructed film from an angle that you're not used to, I hope that when you go watch a movie that you love, whatever it is, I just hope that you expect a little bit more out of the individuals who make the films that you love, whatever they may be. Um, With that being said, I don't feel that I uh, should hide it anymore. But we are returning for a second season, but we just don't know exactly when. And the other thing, so if you want to find us on social media and where you can get updates on the uh, up-and-coming second season of our show, the best place to do that is to follow me on Twitter. I'm at CreekFanatic88. And if uh, the good folks at home want to find you, Dean, for updates, on our show or anything that you have anything that you have going on in your life what would be the best place for them to do that you
1: can follow me at dean stark 477 on instagram or you can follow our official mixtape podcast instagram account it's just mixtape Underscore podcast, I think, and please like and subscribe to our podcast if you enjoy what we say, and yes, we will be back for a season two talking about a brand new batch of movies, and we really, really hope that you enjoyed our season and that you got something from it,
0: yeah, uh no, and just you know, just with that before I sign us off for season one, I just want to say that talking film with one of my best friends who just happens to be a screenplay writer was a complete joy. And I just want to say thank you to my friend Dean, because if Dean is, you know, you know, you know, if I am the lifeblood of this podcast, Dean is the heart that makes it go. And I would not want to do this show with anyone else out there in the greater universe. So with that being said for now, please remember If somebody is kind enough to one day make a mixtape for you,
1: that must truly mean that they love you. The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.